Today's readings start with Abraham negotiating with God to save the innocent, not asking for something for himself, but for the innocent people who lived in Sodom. And in the gospel, Jesus answers the disciple who asked him how to pray with what we recognize as a short form of the Lord's Prayer. Luke's version is shorter than what we hear in Matthew's gospel, which comes from the Sermon on the, on the Mount. And in that version, he adds, your will be done on earth. But in both versions, Jesus is teaching us how to pray, and he says it's directed at broader needs than just our own. Give us, forgive us, lead us not. He doesn't say, give me, forgive me, lead me. He's teaching us to pray for one another, not just our own personal needs. And in the parable, he tells, he reflects that. The man wakes his neighbor not to seek food for himself, but for a visitor who's arrived at night. Now, as most of Jesus' parables do, there's a shock element for his audience. Of course the man will get up and give his uh, bread to his neighbor. Their society is built on hospitality and welcoming visitors and friends. In fact, if he had no bread himself, his wife would probably have gotten up and baked some. And then the neighbor would continue door to door, gathering other ingredients he needed to serve his unexpected visitor with a full meal. So the disciples listening to this story were expecting something very different from, don't bother me, I can't get up and give you anything. But that caught their attention. But Jesus goes on to say, even if the man were that selfish and unfriendly, even he would eventually give in if the neighbor kept knocking and asking. So his message is not about the unresponsive neighbor, but about persistence in prayer, as Abraham had done. And Jesus goes on to describe the effectiveness of prayer. Ask, seek, knock, don't give up, because God will answer. Perhaps not what you think you need, but certainly not with something less than you need. Even an imperfect father won't give his son a snake for a fish or a scorpion for an egg. So how much more you can expect your perfect father in heaven to give to you? Not just an answer to your request, but the Holy Spirit himself to lead you and guide you to what it is you truly need. So what's your experience of prayer? Do you pray for others or just for yourself? Do you pray persistently or give up if you don't see the results you want? Are you open to God's answer? Not necessarily what you asked for, but the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to guide you to what you really need? And most importantly, do you pray to change God's will to yours or to understand it and align your will with God's? Well, I've thought a lot about these questions this week in pondering these scriptures. What have I been persistent in prayer about? And what has come from it? And many of these stories I've already told you from this pulpit, but they're good ones for me to reflect back on. Of course, my wife Carolyn and I always prayed for our children to be safe but especially for our oldest, Christopher, as he went off to be a bush pilot in Alaska. We certainly didn't get what we wanted when he was killed in a crash at 24 years old. And I don't mean that that was God's will or his plan for him, but what did God in his plan give to us? Well, he sent me, the Holy Spirit, to make sure I had talked to Chris in depth about his faith before he left, so that I would know he was as safe as he possibly could be in heaven with God. And Carolyn, my wife, has experienced truly miraculous signs from Chris himself 
confirming he's now perfectly safe and happy. And then we prayed for over a dozen years for our second son to be reconciled with our family after he left us and our faith. And now, he and his wife and his children are as close to us as anyone. We still have to pinch ourselves when we've been together with them. How has this miracle happened? And for over three years, I've prayed daily, not missing one day, for a particular couple whose marriage was struggling. And now, praise God, they're beginning to draw closer to each other. Now, praying for, to win the lottery hasn't worked for me. <laughs> and praying to catch a nice rainbow trout when I'm about to give up, not always. But when the whole community joins in prayer, that is powerful. Now, during the years when I was responsible for the business of this parish while we were building this beautiful church, the parish prayed after every single Mass, unless the Lord build the house, a prayer that we had created to keep our focus on God's plan for this enormous project. And I would wake up at night sometimes worrying about some insoluble problem. I had no training, no background in building a, a, a project like this, and we'd run into a problem with the town of Silverthorne or with the... Uh, Yes, an electric company or in fundraising, and I would pray, Lord, I don't know what to do. And the Lord would answer, Chuck, relax. It's my house. I'll take care of it. And then he would send me the Holy Spirit to whisper in my ear just a simple step to take. Toss your nets over the left side of the boat. But Lord, we fished here all night. We can't find anything. No, toss your nets over this side. And so... I have to tell you one of these stories. It's just, it's just so amazing. At the very end, when construction was finished, we were about to get our certificate of occupancy for the church. The town sign people said, your sign's no good. You can't do that because the lighting wasn't proper. The town has a uh, dark skies uh, law, and our lights with shutters on the top of them were shining a little bit up on our sign here. They said, that's no good. You've got to get rid of those lights. They have to shine down. I said, well, they're shuttered. They don't... No, no. They have to point down. So I said, well, you can't have your, your occupancy until you fix that up or just don't use the sign. I said, well, they, you can ask for a waiver from the town. You can, you know, it's, it costs you a couple hundred bucks to apply for it. It may take you a month or two to see if you get approved. And I went home and said, Lord, what am I going to do? And he said, hey, don't worry. It's my church. I'll take care of it. Go take a picture. Well, the picture, I mean, they already, the picture's not going to help. They already know. They've already, take a picture. So that night, I drive down to take a picture of this sign to show that it doesn't uh, escape light. And as I get off the I-70 at, at the Silverthorne exit, there is Welcome to Silverthorne with four spotlights uplighted onto it. <laughs> as I drive down Route 9 in the median, there are several Silverthorne signs with uplighted. The entrance to the, the pavilion big sign, uplighted with spotlights. And finally, the Mint restaurant has big lights shining on the front of it. So I took these pictures. Didn't even, didn't even come to the church to take this picture. I said, this is what he wanted. I, I take these pictures and blow them into eight by tens, and I go meet with the town people, I with the, the town uh, community uh, manager and the sign and the light people. And I said, look, here's this, this picture of, of this restaurant. They've got, you know, brilliant. And they said, yeah, that's grandfather. That's, that's what we're trying to avoid. And so I passed out the other pictures. And the town manager turned red, looked at his sign and light people, and said, these are new signs. This is, these are since we put this, this regulation in place. Chuck, you got your waiver. 
can I keep the pictures? <laughs> so our prayer is meant to be persistent, unselfish, but open to God's will. What is it he has in mind for us? How often do I say, I already fished on that side of the boat. Lord, I'm not going to throw my nets over. That doesn't make sense. What good is it to me to, me to take a picture? Do what I said, and I'll lead you to the rest. That's how God works. That's how we align ourselves with his will and get ourselves in his plan. So a good thing for us to ponder this week is in our prayer life, how often do we pray persistently and not give up? How often do we listen for that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit guiding us to the next step, even though it doesn't make sense to us, we don't know where it's going to lead us, but we trust in God to take us to the answer He has for us? Or how often do we just give up in disappointment and move on and miss the opportunity to have God fulfill His plan in us?